0: be seated. Let's pray before we get into the word of God again this evening. Father, we ask you once again to provide us once again a meal from your word. Would you feed us from your word? Would you give us what We need, would you show us truth that would strengthen us in our Christian walk, cause us to be wise, would cause us to have hearts to worship you, and we live in ways that are consistent with your word and that would glorify you above all else. Would you lead us in these ways tonight? We say this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the years, um, since my conversion to Christianity, I've come to the realization that not all professing Christians and even teachers and pastors and things of that nature are always what they might seem at first. There's too many run ins, maybe, with false teachers and deceptive people, I guess, especially early on after my conversion when I was 18 years old, coming across some of this right off the bat. I've had one preacher tell me that he saw Jesus sitting at the end of a famous television uh, preacher's bedside. That's a true story. Okay, I'm a new believer. I'm just, huh, interesting. I don't know what to think of that at, at the time. But it was, it was something, It was something, wasn't it? We'll get back to that. I've heard preacher uh, teach a small group of people that it was never in God's will that any believer should ever suffer and get sick. Sitting in there, hearing this guy go on, and when I turned as a new believer to a passage of scripture during that meeting, let's just say I wasn't invited back to that small group. (laughs) I've been in a service where they turned down the light so that it was dark to display a kind of an emotional atmosphere, and the preacher you know, literally read verses from uh, Ephesians that were completely out of context and and pressed. Uh, over and over again, these repetitive words. Speaking of, the lights are down a little bit. Does anyone mind turning on the lights and getting them up um, just for for sake of the live stream? <laughs> just reminded me here as my illustration. We're turning down the lights for emotional force, and here we're gonna do. We're gonna give it to you. It's gonna be dark, and you can see the candles on the screens and all those wonderful things. Right? No, of course, of course not. Thank you, brother. But back to the Ephesians, over and over again, dark lights, just trying to get this experience, repeated passages over, with, with no, just mindless, repeated song words over, almost like a, a mantra, without any depth, without anything there, just literally, blah. I mean, that was my experience, To go to a service and I'm like, looking at the passage, trying to figure out what is he saying, and it, it, all it was to do was to rouse emotions in the audience all these and similar experiences early after my conversion it taught me really quickly not all so-called ministries and churches and teachers are worth spending time with maybe you've experienced people ministries you've watched things online or heard things on the radio that you've run into things like this before the common denominator in many of these false, wrong-headed, and even deceptive gatherings like this is the goal of the teacher or preacher to whip up the crowd and individuals into a frenzy. (laughs) The more frenzy you can cause, the better. To get an emotional high, repeating phrases and songs and the sermon, somehow this is going to make it more spiritual, sometimes running all over the place, something just to try to get you going. But the thing is, these tactics, they're all just phony. They're a big charade. And they're shallow and maturing Christians and mature Christians will spot it out and they're going to move on to something more healthy than that. The measure of a ministry and a ministry experience is not an emotional high or low that you get from it or tears that can be conjured up. Not that you can't get emotional, hearing the word preached or singing, but sometimes it's just, they're seeking to do that alone by any means. It's not some secret knowledge and special insights that the preachers might give that you're just like, whoa, I don't see that anywhere in the text, but I'll take your word for it. I guess we got to go ahead and, and go on and on with whatever you're saying. Not at all. The measure of ministry is whether the gathering or church is conducting itself, what? According to the word of God. And if the preaching and teaching and leading is coming from truth in the actual Bible in front of them. So if they say, you know, conjure up this great uh, emotional experience and listen to this testimony or do this or do that, you, you have to ask. You have to ask, where is it in the Bible? you have to look to see if it's if it's there is what they're saying there. This doesn't seem like a practice for, for Christians. The Bible is not to be used in this manipulative or secret way. Ooh, I've got some insight here that's just so special and so no, it's not this secret way that just a leader can deploy their own means and their own ideas. That's not how the Bible is to be used. Let's look at a text here in scripture in Colossians to see the nonsense that Paul had to deal with in the Colossian church to kind of uh, be used as a test case for us. And we're going to see here in, in point number one in Colossians chapter 2, in verses 16 and 17, that point that was up there, it's uh, judgmental legalists. Let's, let's look at those judgmental legalists here in Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, With regard to festivals or a new moon or a Sabbath, these are a shadow of the things to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. First things first, church. have been fulfilled already. Want to push these old things on you in a way that is binding consciences in inappropriate ways. In this context, they're making people feel like second-class citizens for not getting on board and keeping those old rules, or even made-up rules that someone may conjure up. As we've seen in Galatians, Jesus has now come and the Mosaic law has served its purpose and we no longer have to keep the food laws and holy days and festivals and Sabbaths, which is why Paul here Even in Colossians, it's like, don't let people judge you for these things. Those things all pointed to Jesus. Now that Jesus has come, no more pointing like that is needed. He's actually come. It's been fulfilled. Remember when Paul um, was was caught up uh, rebuking Peter who went down this road and even influenced Barnabas and the other Jewish Christians uh, to be kind of legalistic as it relates to the food and, and neglect table fellowship with Gentiles. And they were adding on laws and it was affecting how they lived and they were isolating genuine Christians and they were, they were teaching something that was completely false and they were being judgmental towards others who weren't going to keep up and do the things that they did, weren't going to eat the way that, that they did. Honestly, honestly, we need to be wary of people that are legalistic in different ways, and we could warn and, and communicate, but their passion sometimes for their legalistic causes will often lead to more contentious behavior, and sometimes you just won't ever crack through and, and win them over, and at some point after warning, you have to move on and not... Let them continue to influence you, not let them to continue to judge you in those ways. You've got to be able to move on and not let them um, treat you in these ways. You you, you can't give ear to the legalist and their judgmentalism. You've got to be clear about what the Bible teaches and then put forward the Bible, not all their man-made rules or not all their old dated rules that they're trying to bring back in a new era. This leads us to point number two, Christless legalists. Look at Colossians now, 2 and verses 18 and 19. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from which the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. So if we are not to let the legalist be judging us and passing judgment on us for things that are not biblical, you're also not to let them somehow propose to disqualify you and make you feel like a lesser Christian because you don't live up to their man-made rules either or their supposed heightened religious experience, special experiences. Don't, Don't let them set the tone for what is true religion or true spirituality. Don't let them hijack the Christian life by their own weird and wrong and unbiblical practices. It's Christless. People in this category make their religion about all that they can't do or they try to push on you something that you shouldn't do either that's not biblically spelled out. And the more self-sacrificial and limited and even self-inflicting you are, the more spiritual you are. It's asceticism there. We'll get to that later. But um, this is what they're putting forward. And somehow people were being influenced by it. I don't know why. This is going backward in history. It's, It's worse. It doesn't make sense. But people are influenced by that kind of thing for whatever reason. They insist on these secret special revelations of God spiritual visions, extra intense religiosity and experience. You see here in this context, these false teachers even claim a kind of trance-like angelic worship, not of the angels themselves, uh, but, but almost like with the angels to God. It's, just, it's this interesting thing that uh, I'm going to read from P.T. O'Brien from the New Bible Commentary, what he says about this practice to, to kind of shed some light on what it says here about the angels it says the worship of angels refers not to worship directed to angels but the worship of god which angels perform it goes into great detail about what he has seen and things which he beholds upon entering is is the third slogan from this philosophy this empty philosophy this false these false teachers apparently claimed to have joined in this angelic worship of God as they entered into the heavenly realm and prepared to receive visions of divine mysteries. They were therefore asserting their spiritual superiority on the grounds of these heightened experiences. So, oh, I, you got to hear about this experience that I had where I caught up with the angels and worshiping God. Uh, you had to be there. I know you can't, I mean, you know, you just got to trust me. I know you weren't there, but. This is what I experienced, so you got to listen to me now. I mean, you're going to listen to that preacher over there that never went up, caught up in this, the heavens and worshiping God in this trance-like, mystical way. Why would you listen to him? Listen to me. I've got the real religious experience. So they're kind of going on and parading their spirituality about. Have we seen people like this? I mean, we've seen people like this. The more crazy and out there they are and uh, and just... It's almost like they think it's a badge of of honor so that now everybody has to listen to them. Paul just says that people like that are puffed up fakers with a sensuous mind. He says it in the text. He calls it like it is. No, this isn't spirituality. This isn't good leadership. These aren't real deal teachers. Nowhere in the Bible do we read qualifications of pastors and teachers about how people would get worked up and have these secret angelic worshiping experiences in their trances and things. These are bogus, fake things that these false teachers were putting out, and Paul was putting a stop to it. And he's like, why do you want to keep going down these, these foolish, crazy practices? This is not healthy. This is not good. Paul even says it's Christless. People who do these kinds of things that are unbiblical, what do they do? They cut themselves off from the head of the church, Jesus Christ, as the passage reveals here. They're no longer connected to the head, Jesus. You don't want to be around and listen to teachers who are no longer connected to the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Amen? Right? If you run into a new teacher on the street or the park or a gathering or watch online, realize that once they start teaching things like this and doing things like this that are not in the Bible, they have cut themselves off from Christ. The head, the head of the church is Christ. He's not going to be about any of those false teachers. He doesn't want anything to do with that. He has nothing to do with it. They they are cutting themselves off from the church. They're no longer a part of the body of Christ when they go down that road. They are dangerous because they deceive Christians. And they're dangerous because they're Christless because they do not they do not submit to Christ's word and witness. They are making up their own. Avoid it all, church. There's no growth apart from the head, Jesus Christ. We need to be connected only with churches and teachers that are submitting to God's word and that are a part of the actual church, not with those who are cutting themselves off from Christ. Paul doesn't mince words here. He, he says that these false teachers, they're Christless. They're out on their own. They're doing their own thing. This leads us to point number three, irrational legalists. Verse 20 says this, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings? When it comes to Christianity, I think it's safe to say that we don't ever want to be associated with made-up, man-made human precepts and teachings. Anything that's like man-made and kind of you're out on the limb, you're doing your own thing, we don't want to be tied to something like that. Paul says that these false teachers are tied to that man-made type of stuff. We need to be aware of those types of things and realize that they were going back to regulations that were already over and gone. We've seen this in Galatians, haven't we? When the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. Jesus has come to bring redemption, to bring the new covenant in his blood. We're no longer under the old covenant. These false teachers are like, come on, let's go back to the old covenant. And, and, and Paul is like, no, you're being irrational. That's foolish. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that kind of thing? It, don't go that way. Claiming Christ and diving into legal... Why would you do that? Self-contradictory. This is man-made stuff. Legalists like to be known what they are against. They want to slap hands and, and, and do not touch this or that. Do not go to this or that. Do not, you know, it's about boycotting everything and... As soon as you step out, you know, you're breaking one of their rules. The legalists are about making rules and pointing out when you break their rules. These are all man made rules. Don't get me wrong. The Bible does communicate direction. We have the law of Christ. There are things that we should not do, there are places we should not go, right? That's not what Paul's getting at. Paul's getting at things that are man made, that are made up, that are foolish, that are irrational. Don't go back to that kind of thing. Don't go that way. Is it biblical? And if not, why are you going to be foolish and start living and thinking according to that false teacher? Why don't you just ignore that false teacher and obey the Bible and then get at a dodge and go somewhere else? Because that's just going to put you into bondage don't handle don't taste don't touch they are making up rules for themselves and it's just not smart that they're doing it there's no two ways about it it's irrational it's it's contrary to reason as paul had mentioned earlier in the passage don't follow them in their foolishness and get caught up in the wrong things they get fixated on the all these old rules that are no longer in date because of jesus and they leads you to miss out on the freedom that we have in Christ and the real life change that, that is actually pos, possible in Christ. It's like a big distraction. All these things are just to distract you from the Christian life. If you're worried about all these things and you're not doing the things that you should be caring about, that's just a big distraction. And that leads us to our last point at number four, powerless legalists. Look with me in your Bibles now at Colossians 2 and verse 23. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. You see that? But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. When it all boils down to it, these legalists will heap up rules on others and pass judgment upon others and have expectation upon others, and then they're going to be puffing themselves up, and they're going to have their special secret religious practices and their so-called visions from God, their so-called whatevers that are just false. All of it is just a big show, church. See it, spot it. I want you to spot it. I want you to be wise. I want you to be savvy. I want you to get duped up and, and swept up by this falsehood. They're just trying to distract people from what really matters. And what really matters is too important for us to be distracted by these things. You see, as we saw this morning, we have a powerful God. We have a powerful work that God does in transforming lives. There's something real that goes on in true Christianity. We want the power of the Spirit to be doing work in our life. We want to be being transformed by the renewing of our minds, by actual biblical truth that we should be devoting our lives to and and conforming our hearts to. Not all these distractions. You spend all these times in these distractions and these trances and these wonder. It's all fantastical, but it does nobody any good. It's powerless. Their teaching is powerless. They claim spirituality. They claim secret knowledge and special insights. And it may even seem super spiritual and awesome. It may seem like they're just wonderful, but they're just repeating foolish things. They are promoting emotionalism and irrationalism and man-made, self-made religion... ...and even asceticism, which is the doing hurtful things to the body... ...or being severe with your body in your religious practices. Either in avoidance of things or in self-inflicted practices. Look at the history of religion and how people have practiced asceticism... ...because they thought it made them more spiritual. Some really crazy, weird, awful things that people do in the name of spirituality and religion... In hurting themselves. Somehow people think that's a good idea. I don't know how they get a following. I don't know how this stuff even catches on, but somehow it does. So I got to warn you about it. These things do happen. People do get swept up on it. You hear some of the things that people say, you're like, why? How could you get duped to that? Why would you want to go that way? But masses go these different ways. We got to be careful. And what we ask about all these practices is the same thing, and I've already mentioned it. Is that in the Bible? Is that idea that you keep peddling, is it doctrinally correct and supported with scripture? Is that what churches do? Is that what Christians are supposed to do? Do all Christians have to have that kind of special secret knowledge? Is that, is that how people grow? Do we really have to hurt ourselves in the name of spirituality? Is that what the Bible teaches? Do we really have to go back to the Mosaic law and keep Sabbath... Regulations and practice all these food laws. Is that in the Bible? I mean, it was in the Old Testament. And they can say it's in the Bible, but then you're like, well, what about what it says here about when Jesus came and fulfilled that and that no, that no longer is in place? So we need to know where we're at in biblical history as we've been seeing in Galatians and and recognize and stand firm on what's in the Bible and correct interpretations so that we might live accordingly to actual biblical teaching so that we might live out the demands of Scripture upon us in the real world of where we're at that's actually going to be good for us, that's actually going to be powerful in our change. The legalists are powerless. Their message is powerless. They don't like it, though, when you press back with Scripture. I warn you, if you talk to somebody who's legalistic in this or a false cult or religion or somebody who's kind of off on the limb and has cut themselves off from Christ the head and they're doing their own thing, Whatever it may be, you may run into somebody. I know many of you ran into people like that. They don't like it when you point to Scripture, but point to Scripture. Defend yourself with the sword of God, the word of God, the Scriptures. They'll kick you out of the meeting and won't invite you back, and really, who cares? Because it's better for you not to be there anyways. And genuine Christians are going to come in contact with some of that in their Christian life, and they should, they should leave, and they should also warn other believers along the way. Another test that we can employ here is, is something that's not biblical um, like, like we are seeing here. Um, an important test is that um, when you look to their lives, do you see any actual change? Is there any good being done here? Are they more godly Christians because of their special visions and revelations and their legalistic pra- practices? Are they, is there any real power working out in their lives? Look at their lives. Get to know them. You say to them, oh, you say that you saw Jesus at the end of the televangelist's bed. Why in the world would Jesus be in the room with the false teacher, I ask, unless to bring judgment? And if Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, as the Scriptures is taught, until he comes again, why in the world is Jesus supposedly at the bed and breakfast of this TV preacher's big old mansion house? I don't know. And you see that, and then I don't know how people get duped in that and somehow, you know, cause, you know, uh, you know, them to respect this preacher more because of these weird stories. But in reality, if we just get back to the Bible, we could point out this falsehood really, really quick and say, is that in the Bible? And then also, if you have this trance and you go through all these things as you've claimed, does this make you more of a godly father to your children or a godly husband or wife to your spouse? Why are you so dismissive of your family and your responsibilities? It's powerless to change these false teachers and false teachings. You're running around and doing all these crazy things, but your life is a mess. It's because it's powerless to change, as the passion says. In fact, it won't cause them to turn away from and to grow from and to put to to death their indulging of fleshly appetites. In fact, they're just going to get caught up into it because it's all a whole mess. It's not making any difference in their life because it's all a spiritual show, but it doesn't have any power to work in their hearts. You see these rules and irrational practices of doing unbiblical things and thinking, these types of things, seeking emotional high and and kind of leading everyone towards this spiritual immaturity. It's powerless to change anybody. It's powerless to make somebody a godly person. So we need to expose it and run away from it. You see, the Bible tells us how to grow in holiness. And it's not all that craziness. So seek the regular means of grace, church. Pray to God and the power of the Spirit. Read your Bible and let the Word transform your life. Come to church and gather with others. Use your gifts. Be blessed by other people's gifts and and grow in the Christian life in the normal or regular means of grace as the power of the Spirit is at work in your life. I want us to get excited about that, not that person doing whatever down the street or over here or on TV. I want you to get excited about true spiritual power, true biblical truth and lean into that and run away from all these false teachers, legalists, because they are oh so powerless to do any good for themselves and anybody else. Avoid them, expose them, see them for what they are, and in all things, make sure that you are testing everything, every so-called religious teacher, with the practice and truth of the word of God alone. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and its clarity to warn us about Confusing things in a confusing world with confusing teachers and with crazy ideas. Lord, would you give some great, strong spiritual wisdom of the saints here at First Baptist Church, not only for themselves, but for the good of their children and their children's children, and not only for their family, but for the good of other members here at this church and for people in the community that we would have a group of solid Bible-believing, Bible-living Christians seeking a powerful God to do work in your powerful word, Lord. Would you do that work in all of us, and would you use us for your glory? Would you help us come to you now in congregational prayer for your glory and for our good? We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, since we have about...